Welcome to the Get Healthier Podcast with Rena Jadhav, who's on a quest to uncover breakthroughs and cures in living longer, healthier, and happier. Genetic testing, stem cells, rattling, talking to Silicon Valley geniuses and the best doctors in the world about the hottest products and programs to make you live an amazingly joyful life. Are you ready? Now, here's your host, Rena. Hey everyone, it's Rena Jadav here, founder of Health Boot Camps. And this interview today is coming to you live via video. So if you are listening to it on iTunes or SoundCloud, then do check out the video on the YouTube Health Boot Camps channel. Or of course, it's always available on our website, healthbootcamps.com. So beauty is a massive business in the US. You and I know that. $445 billion is some estimate. $13,000 spent on beauty every year, quarter million dollars over the lifetime of a woman, all these crazy stats. But here's a beautiful quote that I have to read to you before I introduce to you this amazing new guest that we have today. Um, have you ever gotten breathless before from a beautiful face? For I see you there, my dear. Rumi. I love Rumi. Makes me want to cry every single time. And today's guest is beautiful Nadine Artemis, who's written a brand new book called Renegade Beauty, Reveal and Revive Your Natural Radiance. And here is this gorgeous book. Nadine, welcome. Thank you so much for having me on. How did you get Carrie Ann Moss to write you a foreword? Well, the lovely Carrie Ann Moss, she just spontaneously emailed one day and she's just like, I've just inhaled your rose glow serum and I need to meet you. And uh, I'm like, your name sounds familiar. <laughs> and um, the, We were trying to get together in LA then because I was coming down for a conference, but it didn't work out. But then she said, hey, I'm going to be in Toronto. Uh -huh. And on a certain date, and I don't live in Toronto, but I'm, I'm about three hours from there. But I was like, oh, my God, I just happened to be flying in from San Francisco that day and had had planned to stay overnight in Toronto. So I met her and our, our hotels were on the same block. So after my flight landed, I went over to her place. She was shooting a film in Toronto. And then we it was about 8.30 at night, and we talked till about 4.30 in the morning. So oh, my goodness. First encounter. Oh, my goodness. Well, I think that's just such a great testament to the products that you've created that we're going to talk about. But I want to read Dr. Kelly Brogan, who, by the way, I love. I want to just briefly read, because I think it, again, underscores the kind of book you've written. Uh, what Dr. Kelly Brogan says is more than simply a beauty book. This is one of the most comprehensive guides to the new paradigm of health and medicine, including essential myth busting and evidence-based tips for true health and wellness. Um, of course, she says it's the book has soared to the top of her list for awakened vitality and self-healing. Nadine, why did you write this book? Well, it's been in my in my being and my brain to write for several years. Um, and uh, I just, it's really a culmination of like really the past 25 years where I've been deeply uh, formulating for botanical beauty products. And to me, health and beauty are inextricably bound. So I had dabblings of working, uh, making my own things uh, when I was a teenager and stuff. When I got to university, I, I was uh, studying women's studies. And the fascinating thing about it was that the health stuff that really opened up. 
So we were talking, you know, one of our textbooks was Our Bodies Ourselves. We were looking at IUD, the hazards of birth control. I did prod, pro, uh, projects on midwifery. I, you know, I was taking women's studies like in film or women in African cultures. So I was really looking at cross-culturally and historically women, women's bodies and the medical system. So all that was going on with my studies. And then at um, home, I was brewing up my own concoctions. I was going deep into the ancient alchemy of essential oils. I was gathering essential oils from around the world. And also in that moment, I had really begun to realize that the whole supermarket situation was fake um, that we were eating you know a lot of fake food and I really educated myself on how to read labels and this is all back when I'm like 18 and so it was like those three things culminating and making my own products only eating organic from non-processed food from 18 on wow. and really understanding women's health and and then putting it all together because I really think like women's health issues and industrialized beauty they really, they meet and not always in the healthiest ways. So I feel like, you know, to feel beautiful and to radiate your own unique beauty, you kind of got to feel healthy. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And so let's get started. Let's actually dive right into chapter one, which is an unimagined beauty flows through you. Tell us a little bit about the essence of that particular chapter. So that chapter's uh, really having us dive into ourselves and in a celebratory and a poetic way, because sometimes through poetry is really, you know, we can't always just say sentences and flat out and, and get the vibe of things. So it's really about diving into your own beauty, where we've been like fed insecurities and layered all that stuff on and just sort of busting that open and you know tuning in to what what actually replenishes us which isn't red lipstick per se or you know exfoliating plastic exfoliating beads mm -hmm. it's the elements it's it's where everything gets created so it's sunshine and air and water and allowing those to flow through you and replenish your cells and your breath and your being chapter two beauty is a pathless land Talk a little bit about that. So again, even though it's a book and there's a lot of like a guy, there's a essential kind of guidebook to it. I'm also saying, you know, listen to what I'm saying and then give it up, <laughs> you know, because I don't, you know, I want people to discover what's real for them and finding that beauty and your own radiance is going to be a pathless land. And the book is just like a breadcrumb along the way. You know, I'll read something here. This book is an invitation, an illumination to dive into your being, to be the beauty and the beautician, the music and the musician, the desire and the desired. Beauty is a pathless land. There is no arrival. It's so beautifully said. How do you see beauty? Yeah, beauty is like, it's a communion. It's a communion, whether it's with yourself, with the sunshine, with a flower. It's not something that's applied. It's a communion, it's a feeling, it's radiating from within. Let's talk about chapter three. So in the beginning, what is the message that you're trying to get through in this chapter? Well, that chapter is actually, that's about little Nadine <laughs> growing up. So some of the things I just talked about, but just sort of my story and the journey and how I came to, you know, have all this 
I guess, knowledge about beauty and health and how it all ties together. So a little bit about my journey, how I was making perfumes in grade nine, and then I was concocting things out of my kitchen and then started importing essential oils that were of the highest quality. And then uh, when I was 22, I opened up North America's first full concept aromatherapy store and, you know, just blending and, and concocting ever since. So that's, that's what that chapter is about. It's, it's fascinating to me that you've been doing this in such a young age. Did you have familial influence or where do you think you, you developed this interest? I really went when I, you know, we can get a bit of hindsight after a few decades of life on the planet. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and I really, I know, like I so, I actually, where we live now in this beautiful area is where I, we had a cottage where I went to camp. And I was deeply, you know, in the woods and in the forest and concocting things as a little girl. You know, it was just mud and crushed geranium leaves. But I, I had this thing to mix things. And even, even in the home where I'd raid my mother's bathroom cabinet and put, you know, perfume together with like cleaning products. <laughs> you know, that'd be like grade one. Um, so yeah, I was just enthralled with it. And then in grade nine, I did this perfume project and this whole book on cosmetics I found at the library. And oh, wow. that was so fascinating because I didn't really get where per I, I had all the bottles of perfume. It was all the commercial stuff and I would blend all that, but I didn't really know where it had come from. And it, it talked about ancient Egypt and that they were pressed from petals and like sluice from sap and tinctured from trees. And I was just fascinated that that medicine and perfume were really back in the day seen as one in the same mm -hmm. and the perfumers were the medicine makers and the medicine makers were the perfumists and I found that thrilling and now what we have is we have beauty care that's these lifeless liquids they're without reverence they're made in a lab they're just made in a lab and with you know, processed, purified petroleum oil and yeah. crazy ingredients yes. that no pore is parched for. Yeah. So when I thought that, I just like, it just struck such a chord with me to combine nature with like the goo that we were going to put on our bodies. And that was really strong for me. It's so true. You know, beauty creates beauty. And so when you look at some of the ingredients in these incredibly well-known brands, there's no beauty in any of those ingredients. No. So one of the things that I actually did many, many years ago is um, contrary to what the media was trying to tell me, I decided I wasn't going to put any of that stuff on my face. And I personally went down to just basic essential oils, things that were sort of not even multiple ingredients, you know, how we live in a world where more ingredients means better. It was yeah. like, oh, no, if it's rosehip oil, I just want rosehip oil. Yes. I just yes. want rosehip oil. It's just one little ingredient with a little essential oil or a little fragment, like maybe lavender or rose, but that's it. That's all your body needs or your face needs or your hair needs. Um, let's talk about the next chapter, chapter four, the mystery and history of beauty from the Milky Way to the microbiome. Talk a little bit about that. And the moment I read that, I thought Cleopatra, Milky. Yes. She yeah. was <laughs> So share a little bit about that. 
Yeah. So that's like really just going into the, the history and the mystery. So looking at like all of our, you know, sort of Western philosophies throughout time, a uh, little, like a little quick trip through time about ancient Egypt, ancient Greece, um, you know, how was beauty thought of with like symmetry and the Fibonacci spiral, the golden ratios, like sort of aesthetically how we think of beauty. And then also bringing in John Ruskin, who is like a philosopher in the Renaissance era mm-hmm. and just his um, concept of um, vitality and a vital beauty, which was really a whole relationship with the universe. So we want to, you know, and broadening out how we, how we are relating to things. So we forgot that we engage with things. So like, it's like the sun is like causing things to us and we're forgetting that that's a relationship. So when those rays are touching your skin, that's a relationship. And, you know, what, what is beneficial about that? Or where do we have to have some boundaries to protect our skin? So really reconsidering our relationship with the universe. And again, moving away from beauty being something that's applied to you. And so it's, it's a walk through time. And then even like thinking about also expanding into what I like to call cosmoetics. So, which is a, a cosmetic is something that's a, um, that we apply to the body, but a cosmoetic is something that we're taking from the universe and applying to our body. So that could be, you know, the water or wind or sunshine. So really widening our relationship to the universe, taking the wide scope, you know, before we go into the other chapters, which get into the nitty gritty. And um, then the microbiome. So realizing that, medi- you know, meteorites create um there's microbes that come from meteorites on the planet and that's a part of our bodies and also really understanding the microbiome Mm -hmm. is like which is the which is the bacteria that are essential to human health to many functions from digestion to our endocrine system and that the understanding the microbiome is fairly new in the past couple of decades and it's really time for all of us to just understand that we are a bacterial banquet and that we're really a host to billions of bacteria and we really want to allow them to function we want to get out of the way of things that are inhibiting their functioning and um, i joke we're kind of joking but you know allow the bacteria to be your beautician because it will micromanage the microbes on your skin and that's really going to allow you know radiant glowing skin and gut health and all that kind of stuff so the microbiome is really essential to understand well i can tell you something um I am convinced personally that there is a one-to-one link between your gut health, your gut microbiome, and your skin. Yes. When I had my big health crisis, which eventually we figured it out that it was gut-related, a lot of the drama showed up here from hives to rashes to like deep wrinkles. And I, I was just horrified at what was happening to the skin on my face. And of course, everyone kept telling me, well, you're just in menopause, like just deal with it. You know, this is just what happens. It's loss of estrogen and kind of welcome to the future. And when I fixed my gut, it all got fixed. Mm. So you are so right that there is absolutely a connection, a very strong connection between the health of our gut, the health of our microbiome and the skin on our face. Absolutely. Um, yeah. With that said, you've intrigued me. I'm all about the Fibonacci sequence and the golden triangle. What is the connection between that and beauty? Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, well, it's really, it's looking at the patterns in nature and understanding that we are also a pattern in nature 
And um, that is one of the sort of uh, signs that's perfection, right? When you can see that mathematical perfection, that really does uh, show us visually the uh, beauty of symmetry and design and also helps us to understand like the, just the design of our bodies and the whole universe is really beyond, it's beyond us, but it is us. So it's good to understand it. And as we understand it, we also still want to engage with the mystery of how we've been created and how we're engaging with, with the universe around us. And it's beyond reproach. You know, we yes. look in the mirror and so many of us don't like what we see. Yes. And it's ridiculous because the point you're making is each one of us is perfect. We are yes. gorgeous. We're beautiful because we've been designed uniquely, especially in this perfect symmetry, in this perfect geometry. It's just the media that tells us it's not true or Hollywood that tells us not true. You know, we have these, uh, these new definitions of beauty with every generation, right? Mm -hmm. Broad shoulders when you and I were yes. uh, young, remember? Yes. Uh, the Carrington with the broad shoulders and it was, you know, we all had these shoulder pads. Shoulder pads. <laughs> that was the beauty. You wanted to look like a guy with the broad shoulders and the little butt. <laughs> and now with the Kardashians, it's, it's the opposite, right? Now big butts in fashion. And so it's so important, I think, for each and every one of us, women especially, to look deep inside us and to understand that we're made perfectly. Yeah, there's so many layers to undo because it's just been like so much messaging. And now, I mean, the messaging is, has gone, <laughs> has really multiplied just through social media. Um, but, you know, we really want to like, we want to bust free of like, we don't need to be perfectly pretty when we peer into a magnifying mirror. Right. Not another adrenal driven ambition. It's not another goal setting situation. It's not about 12 steps to wash your face and then pick every pore inside a mirror. You know, we have to just let that go yeah. because those thoughts aren't helping us. And really, and neither are the products that are coming with that whole package. No, absolutely. All right, next chapter, chapter five Nature in Relation, Introduction to the Elements. Forget not that the earth delights to feel your bare feet and the winds long to play with your hair. Talk a little bit about this chapter. Yes, yeah, so that's where we're, getting, we're really understanding the cosmoetics that we're understanding that engaging with the elements, mm -hmm. which is air, earth, which is like the botanicals, all, everything that comes, you know, that we're going to feed our skin and put on our skin and eat. And then, and sunshine, and it's those basic elements of our life on earth that are going to replenish us on an emotional and spiritual level and on a physical and beauty level. Because, you know, we're, we're, we're pour, putting product on our skin that's like saran wrap. It's like invisible. The petroleum is like an invisible layer of saran wrap. It's not allowing it to breathe. Then we're like wrapped up in polyester underwear and clothing, yes. you know, and we're like shaded like with SPF 30 and we're not allowing that interaction. Exactly. We literally need it. Like we're like, you know, engaging with the sun's like cosmic pollination. Having real water wash over our bodies is so essential and allowing air, like allowing our skin to breathe, you know, all these things we want to really rethink about that, you know, move away the things from the bathroom sink and really think about engaging. And we're really at a time now too, where we, 
we have, a, you know, many of us are lucky to have houses and shelter and we can engage with the elements in a way that's not like gonna, you know, it's not a death situation now. Absolutely. We've got shelter, we've got running water. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think this goes back to the, the culture of protect yourself from yeah. the sun, protect yourself from air, protect yourself. You know, it's, it's a lot of us versus them. Mm -hmm. It's incredibly ridiculous because we are them. Yes. You know, the old ancient science says we are earth, water, air, sun. We, we are stardust. Exactly. We are them. So, so the, that the media really tries to create the fear factor. Right. Well, it's anything, and it's it's half the time. I'm sure it's done unconsciously, even in these Absolutely. marketing rings. But it's like anything that creates separation mm -hmm. is a myth. Exactly. Exactly. Because we are one. And I love how you talk about each of these elements. I mean, um, I actually wrote an article recently, and it's all around how we need to charge ourselves up with the yeah. sun, just the way the cell phone is charged at night by plugging it into the wall. The sun actually charges us. Yes. And so saying I'm going to cover myself up and never go out is literally taking the beauty away from you. So I feel like a lot of the practices that are preached, in fact, take the beauty away from us in fact, instead of instilling beauty in us. So I, I really enjoyed reading this particular chapter. Talk oh, a little bit about the water element. Yeah, so we really do need real water. And if you, you know, if you've got um, toxic tap water coming out of your, you know, it's very important to get a, um, a filter for that. And, you know, I definitely had times where I was renting. And so what I would do then was I had a shower filter that would remove the chlorine and different things. And then we would just uh, wash the kale under the shower filter, <laughs> just make trips to the bathroom and even run the bath through the shower filter. So it's really important. And, you know, um, many things could be, your skin might need tweaking and it could literally just be from that daily dose of chlorine could be the, uh, one of the issues that's aggravating eczema or creating dandruff because the chlorine and the different chemicals in tap water they will disrupt the, dis the, the microbiome and create dysbiosis, create a drying dysbiosis because they're, it, the chlorine is actually killing the mi microbes that are helping to keep our skin soft and moist. Yes. You know, I grew up in the Middle East and, and I would visit India every year. We would spend quite a few months and every night, both in the Middle East as well as in India, my parents would go out for a walk night walks were very much part of the culture. You had a dinner, a nice big dinner. Yes. Typically not terribly healthy. <laughs> uh, then you went for a nice long walk. And when I came to the U.S. when I was 18, I mean, sort of I didn't really experience people walking at night and sort of, you know, went away from my own experience. But you talk about night air, and there's a quote here again from Hafiz, which is beautiful. Um, I caught the happy virus when I was out last night singing beneath the stars. It is remarkably contagious. So kiss me. <laughs> what a wonderful, beautiful quote, but also what a great reminder that instead of after dinner, putting on television and watching something distressing, like the new thing that Trump has said or done, why not go out for a beautiful stroll under the stars with your loved one? Yes. And make it part of your family outing, you know, get the kids out as well instead of them sitting and playing video games or with their, you know, head stuck in a cell phone. 
get them out walking under the beautiful, cool moonlight. It's, it is brilliant. It is remarkable. Yeah, it's so special. And I have lots of tips in there on how to engage with the elements. Like, so just to open up our minds, like having a walk through the forest, laying just on the earth. What is forest breathing for those of our listeners or viewers who um, have not read a lot of my stuff and hence don't know what forest breathing is? <laughs> Well, forest bathing is literally the science that has shown that when you walk through the forest, all these great benefits happen and de-stressing and the monoterpenes of the essential oils of the leaves of the trees, especially evergreens, find their way into your body via the lungs. So it's a wonderful, like just, I mean, obviously a walk in the forest, we, I'm sure we all think is a positive thing, but it, the science really anchors in just how beneficial it is to your body. And then also what we know from that science is that essential oils, which are the distilled monoterpenes of all the trees and different plants, we can get the same benefits of forest bathing with essential oils, just diffusing in our home. Of course, walking is important too, but there are ways to get that forest vibe going, mm. going on if you can't walk in the woods. You talk about antibacterial products, and yes. we've had a whole explosion of that where we really need to kill these bacteria, these bad bacteria. What are your thoughts on antibacterial products? Yeah, so it's kind of like, well, you know, we've got an issue with antibiotics right now. Mm -hmm. We've overused them because we did come out of the 40s thinking we just had to kill everything, right? So sort of this germ warfare theory of like, just kill the bad things. Now through understanding the microbiome, we realize that we have so many beneficial bacteria that we need them. So we can't have everything be antibacterial, but we do need substances that are able to discern through what's a pathogen and what's a beneficial bacteria. Unfortunately, antibiotics, which means anti-life, anti-being anti and biotic being life, mm -hmm. they're indiscriminate assassins and will literally just like kill all the things, including the good bacteria, and will actually cause species of bacteria to become extinct or to mutate them. And so we do need antibacterial uh, remedies in our life, but we need to find ones that don't just kill and that answer comes from essential oils which have antibacterial properties but now science can show that they can tidy up the pathogens while working with the friendly bacteria so that's what's great about these powerful distillations from plants and then we can let go of things like triclosan and our toothpaste or the antibacterial soap because those things will actually lower your immune system because we have tea tree oil instead yes <laughs> Chapter six, the moist envelope of the soul, loving the skin you're in. Talk a little bit about that chapter and then let's dive right. into um, oil as a cleanser, as yes. well as stop, seal, and seed. Okay, yes. Um, the moist envelope of our soul, so that is our skin. And... Um, you know, I think we have, the, we have this relationship where we just, it's, we don't necessarily realize it's this living thing on our body and it's, it's what, it's only a few milliliters thick, but it what's protects us and engages us with the outside world. And so much information comes in as well as communication within the body from this moist envelope of our soul. Um, and it, it's, we've been mis you know, educated about it and, and how dynamic it is. And that it also, you know, 
it absorbs. So everything that we're applying transdermally will go into our skin. And that's a real gift if we're applying the right things because then we can put things on that help our skin and then benefit our immune system. Or we can put on things that are petroleum-based, paraben-based, and then we can find them in our breast tissue 40 years from now. Exactly. So we got to make that choice. And, um, you know, again, the science is really fascinating because now through understanding the microbiome, we can see things that like acne, eczema, hyperpigmentation, thrush, dandruff, all these things are actually not about skin type. That's all like marketing hype, but it's actually about microbiome imbalance. And so we have been over exfoliating, over picking, over plucking. And, you know, we've really been trying to appease the skin we're in, but with methods that are, are going to cause our cells to shrink and shrivel. So it's going to lead to frustration because we've been buying all these products that will actually cause cellular damage. They may have a temporary plumping. So that day you might feel moist and plump, but you know, as the years go on, these things are drying up the cells, killing off the microbiome. You know, we're applying chemicals to acne, which is further creating a dysbiosis. And um, besides over exfoliating, like exfoliating is fine, but we've really gone overboard. And yes. so we're over exfoliating the, the top cells of the stratum corneum too fast. And then the young cells underneath are too young to be on the surface yet. And that's causing imbalances, can also lead to melasma or chronic irritation. Yeah. On top of all this, we now have studies that show that surfactants, whether that's from your mild foaming cleanser or your hardcore soap, like just soap soap like from the drugstore, yeah. that the surfactants are lodging themselves into the stratum corneum, which is the top layer of the skin, and staying there even after rinsing. Oh my so day after day, we've got this microscopic buildup in our pores, and then that's creating, you know, a situation, and it's going to manifest differently for different people. Could end up being acne or dry or oily or like melasma or eczema, you know, and it's just going to manifest in different ways. So then that might send us to the dermatologist, and then we might get into like cortisone or steroids and that whole thing. So we've really got to stop washing with soap. Yes. Yes, which goes into the, so this, I've a little system for, so we can remember, like, cause it's always like, how do we then take care of our skin or different microbiome areas? And so I created stop, seal and seed. So stopping is really about getting out of the way and like stop washing your face with soap, your hands with antibacterial soap, showering in chlorine, even applying questionable naturals. Like we have a lot of things that are, you know, rancid or poor quality just because there's a lavender on the label doesn't mean there's like lavender in the inside. Yes. So we want to have discernment there too. And things like almond oil are rancid pretty much when you're buying it. So you want to go with high quality things like the rosehip oil or jojoba. And so, yeah, so we want to stop and then we want to seal. So that's about sealing in this case, the skin. So if you've been using surfactants, then that's, you know, it's like we have leaky guts. Well, then we can have like a leaky skin because we've just disrupted the lipid barrier and the stratum corneum. So by washing with oil, we can reseal the skin. And my preference is jojoba because it, it works so well with the skin sebum. Mm-hmm. And it unclogs pores. And I know for people that have acne, they're like, that's the craziest thing they've maybe ever heard. But it really is an ancient practice. 
and it's really beautifying and it really keeps the skin balanced and harmonized and keeps the lipid barrier intact, keeps the stratum corneum intact because that's our first layer of defense. That's our natural sunscreen. And we're just like exfoliating away and scrubbing it away. And it's kind of like leaving, like going on vacation and leaving your front door open. It's leaving our faces so vulnerable. Wow. So that's the seal. And, um, and then the seed is about reseeding. So we want to think of our bodies and our skin like a kind of like a bacterial bank account. And so we want to have really diverse um, and plentiful probiotics and prebiotics. Prebiotics feed the probiotics. So we want to take like fermented foods, probiotics internally. And then also we can be applying them to our skin. We can make, take a honey mask, open up probiotic capsule. The honey's prebiotic. It's alive with enzymes. And you can put that on your face. And then we're reseeding. Wow, beautiful. What about eating for beauty? You have a whole section on how to eat for beauty. Yeah. So again, you know, the standard American diet isn't going to get us too far. <laughs> yeah. And one of the most dangerous things, especially for women to be eating is the polyunsaturated fatty acids that like the mazola and the canola, all that, mm. that really creates melasma hyperpigmentation in people. Um, so we want to stop eating that. And, you know, obviously there's going to be different things that work for people like for some people dairy is okay for some people it's not some people can eat potatoes some people can't because they're nightshades so there's going to be refinements but generally yeah uh, when you know your body you want to eat you know all whole foods never processed uh, you know a rainbow you want to get all the pigments in there so different as many diverse kind of colors of food that you can think of from turmeric sea buckthorn raspberries blueberries greens you know, drink chlorophyll and green juices. We've got to get the colors in us. And, um, you know, you got to keep it fresh and real and keep the water real. And then you're going to have to see for yourself, like, how are you working with gluten or dairy, those kind of things. And then soy, uh, soy is another one. I, I just, because you probably have a lot of females listening and that is such an acne aggravator. It's crazy. Oh, is that right? I did not know that. Yeah. And besides other hormonal imbalances, but yeah, it's not a skin food. Oh, interesting. Nadine, tell us about what is your breakfast, lunch, dinner typically? What are the favorite foods, skin foods, or beauty foods that you incorporate in your meals every day? You know, we kind of run like, uh, it's not even seasonally, but we kind of eat something kind of for like a month, and then we move on to the next thing. So we just kind of dive into something. Then we also know all our decisions are there. And that's what, that is sort of what is in season. It's affected by it. So, you know, right now be like watermelon and celery juice we're really vibing with. We've been making flatbreads with tiger nut. Um, so the tiger oh, nut, which is actually a tuber. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we've been making tiger nuts with the um, flatbreads with the psyllium. Um, and the tiger nut flour, which has yes. been great because uh, we do eat gluten-free, dairy-free, and, um, and just having like lots of fresh sprouts in there and working with ferments like, um, you know, uh, umbayashi plum paste and a non-soy miso. So, and also we make fresh sauerkraut. So I've been eating those things and always lots of um, liquid concoctions, you know, whatever fun smoothie we're making that day. Oh, that's wonderful. All right, next chapter. Let the sun shine in. What is that chapter seven all about? So that's all about sunshine and how we can engage with it. 
in a way that will amplify our vitamin D levels and take care of our skin and not burn our skin. So a lot of people, because we have access to vitamin D supplements now, people are like, hey, maybe we, you know, maybe we can just take the vitamin D supplements and put on our sunscreen and forget about it. Um, but I really go deeply into the skin because there's been so much misinformation. We really have to unpack that. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of studies in there and work by different um, doctors throughout this whole past century that really ground in how we need it. So from, you know, the turn of the century where heliotherapy, which is sun therapy, was winning the Nobel Prize, up to the studies that are done these days. There's been over 2,500 that show us that we need vitamin D. For example, a woman's risk of breast cancer is reduced by 50% if she is sufficient in vitamin D. So we really need the sun. It's like cosmic pollination. It, it, it's for our immune system. It activates microbial peptides. Doctors in past decades um, prescribed the sun for healing wounds, healing skin conditions, healing eczema and acne and jaundice and rickets and arthritis and tuberculosis and Epstein-Barr virus. So it's so essential to our health that we need to reconsider our relationship and, and get some sun. Absolutely. What about the fears around uh, cancer? Yeah. So when we really look at the, at the science out there, we can see that, um, you know, the sun really doesn't seem to cause melanoma, that it shows up in places where the skin isn't normally exposed to the sun. It shows uh, it's way less um, of an issue for people that live close to the equator. It's less of an issue for people that get more outdoor activities, for people that work outside. So we have all that. Uh, there's a great uh, book by Dr. Bernard Ackerman, Ackerman, who was a founding father of dermatopathology, which is skin disease. Mm -hmm. And he is a thick book. It's called Myth on Myths, uh, you know, Sun and Melanoma. So if anybody wants to go into that, that's a good deep dive. What we now know about sunscreens and the studies show that it, it's probably increasing cancer risk because of um, the chemicals is one thing. But even if we go beyond the chemicals and the oxybenzene that's like destroying the reefs and is not carcinogenic until it's exposed to sunlight, if we forget about those ingredients. What we know about sunscreen is that it separates the UVA and the UVB rays. So we don't get the UVB, which is the vitamin D rays. So that's out of the picture. And all we're getting is the UVA. And the UVA on its own is skin damaging. So that can create you know, more freckles or moles or melasma. But when we have them combined, which is just like you in the sun or with a natural oil like a jojoba or olive oil or, you know, something like that, then you get the vitamin D and the vitamin A. And that is so important. So the sunscreen blocks the vitamin D, the vitamin, which is the, it's death. the UVB, and all you're getting is the UVA. So that's like akin to also if you're in front of a window, like you're driving all the time and the sun's coming down that are on that arm for right every day as you drive back and forth to work that you're just going to get the uva because the window is blocking that and so you know that arm might have more freckles so that's sort of a like an example that we can relate to um, about getting the different rays so and then if you if you need to block it because you're surfing in the sun all day then you want to use something with zinc yes 
because that, that acts like a block. It literally then reflects the rays off your face and you're not absorbing any of the rays. What but we do need brand? the sun. What's that? What is your favorite sunscreen brand? Well, we make our own. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. So that'd be my favorite. We're we have one. putting in links to oh, great. To your shop. So for those who are listening or watching, you know where to go to check out the yes. sunscreen that you're going to use instead of the sunscreen you have sitting in your closet, which is fully toxic. You and we have one called Everybody Loves Sunshine. It's oil. And so it's not a block, but it's just like, uh, I think of it as like a sun harmonizer. So it's going to yes. take your skin and just meld it with the sun's rays a little bit more. Sounds divine. And I'm sure it smells really good too. Yes. <laughs> so I, there's a very important point you make about wearing sunglasses only when necessary. Again, we were raised, I was raised anyway. You and I were Yes. Saying, I was raised very much with, oh, you've got to wear sunglasses when you step out. Your eyes are going to be damaged. And you shared that's not the case. Talk a little bit about what, have, what are you saying about sunglasses and eyes and sun? Well, we really do need more sunlight in our eyes. Like I'm not saying direct, although it, it is great to actually directly have direct uh, contact with the sun about an hour after it rises and an hour before it sets. It's at the right level of brightness to absorb that, inf that cosmic information, mm. which is beyond even what we know. But it does, you know, it's good for the glands. It's good for the superchiasmatic nucleus in the brain. We need all those wavelengths. Even science to, science to this day hasn't named all the wavelengths and the spectrums of what we're getting from the sun. So we do need that. And if you found that you're indoors all the time or you're at a computer screen, or you may have know this person, they go outside, it's a bright day, and they're just like, whoa, right? And they can't, they're squinting because their eyes are not used to like absorbing light. Yeah. And that, you know, that alone can create crow's feet um, because you, you, your eyes are like this. Yeah. So when you can get them more relaxed and, and used to seeing light, then you're not going to be squinting in the sun as much. Yeah. So that's one thing. And also like the studies have shown like, you know, children thrive when they have access to sunlight and then they don't have eye issues and all that kind of stuff. But one really fascinating thing was in the twenties, there's this clinic in Switzerland working. So Dr. Auguste Rollier, he created these clinics where people would come and sunbathe. And it was very like, it was like a hospital. You can look at pictures up on Google. It's like an amazing thing. So he's working off the Dr. Niels Feinsen work who won the Nobel prize. And he found, cause they, all they were doing was experimenting with the sun and healing people and that the healing rate, the healing benefits of the sun wouldn't happen if somebody was wearing sunglasses, wow. but they would still get the benefits if they were in the shade. They, I mean, they're not getting the full benefits cause they're not getting the tan, but the, of the light spectrum. So I found that really fascinating. Absolutely. That's very, very interesting. Very intriguing as well. Chapter eight, the bone and beauty connection, teeth and oral health. So you've even yeah. got in there about the teeth. I sure do. Yeah. Um, my book previous to this is a, it's a smaller book, but it's all focused on oral care. It's called Holistic Dental Care. And that I wrote, I think that was published in 2012. I just, I had to get out information about because we hadn't really, there was no book that was addressing like, what do you do when you're not at the dentist, right? What about all those other days of the year? How do we really take care of our teeth so we don't have to end up at the dentist where they're doing the big serious work? Um, but I wanted to, so I wanted to include that and I got some updates too, because I go a little bit deeper into the oral microbiome. Okay. 
So that chapter addresses that, and we go into root canals, wisdom teeth extractions, jaw cavitations, cavities, talk about how to really how cavities are created. And then for that chapter two, we have the stop, seal, and seed so that people know the steps to, so that they can regenerate their mouth. So wherever your mouth is at right now, whether you have bleeding gums or a root canal, that chapter gives you everything you need to know to take care of it and to go ahead with next steps. So what are, let's just very quickly, maybe just one point each, what is the stop section all about? What are the one or two things that everyone needs to stop doing immediately? You got to stop brushing with sodium lauryl sulfate glycerin-based toothpaste and stop using alcoholic mouthwashes or alcoholic? Alcoholic yes. <laughs> alcohol. <laughs> You need to stop drinking that. Yes. <laughs> so, um, stop buying it, first of all. Yes. And, yeah, we stopped buying that. So that just felt wrong, and I just could never buy into that whole thing about you got to kill everything in your mouth. It just sounded yeah. wrong, and thankfully now we know it is wrong. Yeah, so we know when we're killing off it all, all, then we're removing the good bacteria, and then the homeostasis of our oral oasis is just thrown right out off. And of course, someone's going to say to you, what, maybe? Yeah. What about bad breath? Oh, there's, oh, that's easy to do. You know, with all the, with the tips I have in there, you will have awesome breath. And awesome, you know, that really is to do with the tongue and also the digestive system. It is. It you really know? Is. Yeah. I just found out that if you have SIBO, you will have bad breath. So that makes sense. If you have bad breath, first thing you need to do is go get a SIBO test done and fix your SIBO because no amount of mouthwash is going to take away the fact that the bacteria is growing really up, up on top and that's what's creating um, the, the bad smell. For so, sure. So that's stop. And of course, you're not a big believer in, in fillings, uh, mercury fillings. No. What fillings should someone do if it's not mercury? Yeah, you really do need to consider getting the mercury removed. And there's plenty of information that show that even if, they're, if they've been in your mouth for 40 years, they're still off-gassing mercury every second. And that off-gassing is going to be increasing when you drink hot foods and chew. Like it increases by 1,500%. It's, it's crazy. And I had a mouthful of uh, mercury fillings for the longest mm. time. And then when I started to get, you know, fix myself, that was one of the things I did just went and got them replaced, replaced with composites. So yes. Yes. And if you go to a really proper biological dentist, they should already have assessed the cleanest, the most biologically compatible materials. Exactly. All right. A few tips on sealing. Yes. So sealing then like we got to get rid of the bleeding gums, for example, because that's, you know, then you're getting bacteria into your bloodstream and Things like mercury filling, sodium lauryl sulfate, um, they actually aggravate to the point where that, that could be the cause for bleeding gum alone. But if you're flossing and you get bleeding gums, that can be turned around. So you want, because that's like a leaky mouth, then you've got, a, you've got to seal that. Or a cavity, that's kind of like a leaky tooth because there's a little break in that vessel. Yes. And so, yeah, we want to work with botanicals that can help regenerate and seal the gums. And, um, you know, and then we want to also, we can, there's lots of tips in there for like swishing with baking soda so that you're getting alkaline or oil pull pulling will help to seal the mouth. So, so many tips in there that one could do right away with just a lot of ingredients that might be in their pantry anyway. And oil pulling is such a wonderful thing to do anyway. It's yes. It's uh, great science and tradition behind it as well. Um, 
what do you think of, have you tried, tested dragon blood? So one of the things that I wanted to do was fix my gums when yes. I got sick. I was literally just going through the list and saying, okay, what do I do? What do I do? And yeah. I something called dragon blood. And I started using it. And when I went in for my next dental appointment, my dentist was just blown away. He was like, what are you doing? You know, we literally don't need to do anything to your teeth. And I mentioned dragon blood. Have you played around with that at all? I have. I mean, I'll play with anything, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's a really, it's another amazing botanical that, Again, why sodium lauryl sulfate? You got dragon's blood. Two drops, you're done. You'll never need to see a dentist again. You no. Know? And if you've got a kid that's into Harry Potter and they're not brushing their teeth, oh, yeah. come on. <laughs> come on, exactly. And who isn't into Harry Potter? Yeah. <laughs> what about some tips on the seating part? So the seeding, again, if we take things internally, that's going to help ferments, probiotics. And then we can think about, take that oil pulling, open a capsule of a probiotic, and then oil pull with that probiotic in your mouth. Mm. Um, you can also, we have these syringes that we have in our dental kits. They're blunt tipped, and they're just like little syringes that you can get nutrients in between the teeth or you can flush out the gum line you can do a mix and you can add probiotics to that as well there's actually dentists and hygienists that are doing a guided root pocket recolonization where after you're scaling and planning they're they're putting probiotics along the gum line and you can do that at home it's so easy to do absolutely yeah um you talk about herbs for healthy hormones, and especially yes. I think you know for us women, we've got to worry about our bones. Yes, and especially as we get closer to menopause or postmenopause, that just becomes such an important um, factor to focus on. What are your mm -hmm. recommendations for healthy bone health? So we've got to remember uh, our minerals because some minerals too also help to balance our hormones like strontium and magnesium. So those are really important. And so that'll be good for bones and your teeth are bones. So it's going to be good for teeth health as well. Then herbs, you know, you got to feel it out, but there's some powerful herbs for hormonal health, which will help our bone health. And those are ones like nettle root for mm -hmm. boosting some testosterone. Chamomile wow. for estrogen, chamomile yes. thing. Black cohosh, you've got yes. berry for progesterone. I do maca root, by the way. I love maca root. Oh, yeah. Which is different from matcha, for those of you who are listening and thinking it's matcha. It's not matcha. It's maca. And it's, it gives this smoky, nutty flavor. I toss it in my smoothies. Oh, it's so good. Oh it's even God. good for salad dressings. Oh, yes. Yeah. In chocolate, we put it in our chocolate. Oh, I got to try that next time. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> Making some chocolate today. <laughs> All right, let's go to next chapter, chapter nine, the altar of our apocrine glands, breast health. Yeah. How, how we can make sure we get to keep our breasts into our old age because, yes. boy, every day you hear about somebody else having a mastectomy or a double mastectomy, and it's, it's enough to scare any woman. For sure, and there, the statistics are really um, quite phenomenal. Um, the, our breasts really are barometers. They're like the canaries in the coal mine right now. And they're able to sort of tell us, you know, sort of what environmentally is going on. So with, if, you, if you've been diagnosed or, you know, there's the BRCA1 or BRCA2 gene, which has been 
assessed to be a, a, one of the causes of cancer. So then people that, oh, I have that, so I'll get it, so I'll just do a preventative mastectomy. But now we really understand that that's only going to be an influencer of about 5%. Exactly. That much. So you think about the vitamin D, that's going to reduce your risk by 50%. But what they know, even that 5% now, it needs a secondary mutation. Yes to happen. And so that could be an environmental thing. It could be a food thing. So we want to prevent the secondary mutations, but really culturally, you know, our relationship to our, to breasts is so skewed. We've got this like sort of Las Vegas adulation. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, whoa. And then we've got this repression of breastfeeding, which is like their main purpose is the yeah. only purpose. Yeah. They They're beautiful, like, lovely perfect. orbs, but we've got, you know, they've got work to do, um, which of course doesn't mean you have to, you know, you could go your life without that, but it's interesting because breastfeeding does help. It's one of the things that you, that helps prevent breast cancer. And, and what we're understanding now too, is that because the breasts aren't fully developed until they have gone through a pregnancy and, and breastfed, even if it's just for like a month, Um, they haven't had their full growth so that that's important. And of course, what we know now too, is there's a whole microbiome in the breasts (laughs) as with every area. Right. But as women from the moment, you know, we create our breasts develop, we're, we're told to primp and perfume and pop birth control pills and all of these things mess with our estrogen. Now, when we're teens, it's all coming in fresh and we might not feel the manifestation of that till we're 40, 50 or 60 from the things we've done as a teenager, whether that's going on a birth control pill or applied parabens for 40 years or, you know, like my mom, for example, she had endometriosis. So at 35, she had a hysterectomy, which is really, it was a quite a popular thing for our mothers and grandmothers, right? Because it's like, I don't know, the female plumbing will remove it. Exactly. <laughs> Making them crazy. Yes. By the way, it's happening now. It's oh, yeah. Today. It's horrifying. The number of women that are prescribed a hysterectomy for not a pretty significant reason. It's like, well, yeah. you'd be better off without him. What? Yeah, this preventative thing. And it... Yeah, I'd really go deep in that chapter because my mom, my mom did die of breast cancer. So it was a really passionate thing. I mean, I was understanding it a bit too late, but really knowing her health and her health history was amazing. So she was on HRT at 35 until 65, until she was diagnosed with breast cancer. And they're like, oh, maybe you should get off that. So, you know, it's this thing of like trying to regulate our hormones our whole lives, but we've got all of these, this hormonal mess coming in. And so when I was working on that, that research for her, and I was giving a talk on breast health, what I really came to understand is that we've got really an estrogen crisis. So we've got the xenoestrogens, which are the foreign, xeno being foreign, so the plastic estrogens and the things that aren't melding with our body. Then we've got the metalloestrogens, which are heavy metal estrogen compounds so that that's coming in from the pesticides like atrazine or the, the mercury the fillings right? yes yeah the aluminum and the deodorant i have exactly daughters every day no you may not use those the no the daily fight yes well we've we've made lots of beautiful deodorants so yes. we can take care of that um so we've got the metalloestrogens and then we've got i kept thinking i was like candida candida there's a fungus connection when I was meditating on it, and then, then I go to the research, and yes, there's mycoestrogens, myco being fungal. So yeah. then we've got this issue, and that, that some of that comes from pharmaceuticals that are being fed to the livestock. Yeah. 
So in 2011, uh, there was a New Jersey schoolgirl's urine was studied, and it showed that there was over 70% mycoestrogens in their urine from the regular food supply. So we've got that synthetic type, and then we've got the mycoestrogens that just come from like rotten grains, um, you know, all that the fungal stuff that we're eating from aflatoxins and peanuts or, you know what I mean? So the fungal issue. So you combine that. I have a little Venn diagram in the book. I feel like those circles overlap and then ding, ding, ding. You've got a good recipe for breast cancer. And you've got iodine in the middle. Yeah. So then we take that, those things and you put iodine in the middle and that's so fascinating because then iodine it balances out the xenoestrogens. So it flushes out the fake estrogens. And we actually have three types of natural estrogen. And estriol, which is the best kind, the most anti-cancer, it raises that to the top. And I'm speaking sort of metaphorically, but it will bring that, that estriol up to the, lime, to the limelight. It will help that excel in the body. And then metalloestrogens, iodine is one of the, the best ways to detoxify and chelate aluminum and heavy metals out of the body. It's yeah. actually a halide, so it helps to also flush out other halides, the dangerous types like chlorine and bromide out of the body. And then it, um, it's anti-candida. And if we think in terms of like traditional Chinese medicine, it helps to, you know, give, bring fire back to the belly. It helps to get rid of dampness in the belly. And those are all sort of the candida fungal things. So it's amazing. And there's um, our, our thyroid has an iodine symporter pump and so do our breasts. So our breasts need iodine second to the thyroid. So there's a whole thing there, but we actually have receptors in our breasts for iodine and iodine is an essential mineral it's an essential nutrient that's in every cell of the body and And it deeply deficient in it right yes you know the world health organization estimates 70 percent a small study was done on cancer all types of cancer a hundred percent of all the people with cancer were a hundred percent deficient in iodine it's like magnesium it needs to be in your body and it also surveils the body with thyroid hormone and it, it looks for the cell death so a healthy apoptosis is what iodine also creates and also even women that have swelling in the breast they take the iodine and they find that it's it goes away oh it's the most important in addition to magnesium, I think for women especially, yes, getting some form of iodine. And I'm not a believer in pills and potions. I don't believe in, again, taking things made in a lab. So I typically recommend dolls. Yes. It's so inexpensive. And you just toss it like salt on your food. Or what I've fallen in love with, because you know it gets boring to kind of do the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Always on the lookout for new fun things to do. That's just my personality anyway. I'm always looking for something. Like, how can I do something new? Yes. And I found um, both Trader Joe's and Costco, again, very affordable, sell um, seaweed. But if you look at the ingredients, it's organic seaweed with just a, you know, a touch of some kind of oil, no additives, no preservatives, and it's crispy and it's got a little sea salt and it's, it's so delicious. So that sounds great. I find that when I don't eat my seaweed and I'll eat seaweed every single day. So this isn't a once a week thing. It's a, like a daily treat for me. I'll eat it either with lunch or dinner and I'll have like six, seven pieces of seaweed 
And what I find is when I sometimes, you know, get lazy or bored or forget, um, within three days, I'll feel more fatigued. Hmm. I'll feel more bloated. Like my, my face will feel more just plump, you know, just full. And to me, it, there really is, again, a more direct connection for women's health to iodine than we understand or give, give credit for. So yes. I tell everyone, just try it. Yeah. Try it. Keep a journal. See how you feel. And if, you, if it is important, make it part of your daily routine, you know? Yes. That's such a great, you know, tip because we're uh, kind of as a culture, we're like, what do you do? Like, what are you eating? Yes. We got to bring it back inside. So really every meal have a moment. How do you feel after? How do you feel the next day? How are you feeling in an hour? Is it digesting? Are you waking up with puffy eyes? You know? Yeah. And then you know, then you know what to eat. Yes. Yes. You have a whole section called soothe yourselves. What's that about? Um, so, oh, is that in the breast chapter? Yes. Yes. So that's about how, how can we regenerate our skin, our, our breast cells and, and get rid of the excess estrogen. So that's, there's a lot of tips in there for massage, going without a bra for as much as possible, which also helps the breast uh, ligaments be stronger Yes, and, and less reliant. Cause it's like, if you have a, if you have an arm in a sling, right? The muscles won't develop as much. There's, there's been some intriguing research done on the fact that that metal wire that yes. suffocates your, your breast does not allow circulation. Yes. And there's even been links with that and the mercury filling connection, yes. like creating electrical charges. But yeah, what happens with the bras or especially the underwire is that we create a kind of a lymphedema. Yeah, we're creating a cesspool really from because this is all about the armpits about breast cancer too, the lateral aspect. And we're not allowing circulation and the lymph to flow in that area. And then we get the clog and then the aluminum and the parabens from the skincare and then there's just pool. It's like a cesspool in the breast. And the the, the poor breast is just bearing the brunt of all of yes. There are women who sleep with their underwire bra. And, And so I'm again big into saying, no, no. You know, you weren't born with a bra. You'll be fine without it when you sleep. So, and there's so many options now. You know, to get like an organic cotton thing with like a cup, a small percentage of lycra. Exactly. You know. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Let's go to the next chapter. Chapter ten. Back to the garden. Tending to the virtues of the vagina. Ooh, fun topic. (laughs) Yeah, so we go talk about it. So we're going to talk about it. (laughs) Yeah, that's such an important area, obviously, for women. And again, we've been putting things in and around that area that are so detrimental. And the microbiome, again, a huge player. The microbiome, an imbalance in there can literally lead, that could be the infertility issue that somebody might have. Um, uh, Gum health, if the oral microbiome is not happening, that affects the vaginal microbiome and that could lead to a preterm baby, like an uh, earlier than nine month delivery. Mm -hmm. So it's really, you know, just studying that um, and seeing the connection, the whole body connection. And then again, we do, you know, and also the history, I go into a bit of the history of like douches and yes. gel. It's just crazy. Like they started out in the thirties with a Listerine, no Lysol. As oh my a, God. And the, you can just quickly Google the vintage Lysol ads. They're just horrific. And then, um, yeah, sorry. And then they moved. It was Lysol. And they said, oh, no, now um, Listerine will be gentler because Lysol was a bit strong. 
And then it just doesn't stop, even to this day. <laughs> so many issues. And um, uh, again, we've got the stop, seal, and seed that can be applied to that area as well. You know, Give us we just a couple of your favorite tips on the seeds. Yeah. So we want to stop. You want to stop using KY jelly, and because um, that actually causes. Uh, when they look at the cells in a micro, under a microscope, they look like shriveled raisins. And also know when we're using that kind of glycerin product on our on our skin, it's 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 called osmolarity. And what the cell does is it lo- it, it flushes out its water content to be balanced with what's been applied on the external side of the skin. And then the cells shrivel up. So you've got this temporary plumping moisture lubrication moment, but in the long term, you've got drought and dysbiosis. And that also created uh, faster exposure to sexually transmitted diseases because all these cells were sloughing off in the vagina. So that's not fun. You want to use just natural botanical oils. So things like coconut oil and jojoba, and that really, you know, get that inner lubrication going again too. So we're not just applying even soap, right? Your soap or your shower gel or your douche, that's going to throw off the natural balance, the natural oils, and you're going to be creating dryness and imbalance. Mm -hmm. So we don't want to do that. And poly, you know, polyester underwear, non-organic tampons, you know, really, even if you have organic tampons, just on special occasions, we want to stop putting stuff up there that's disrupting the microbiome. So true. All right, chapter 11. Yes. Expectations, embracing the expansion of pregnancy. What are your key insights there? Yeah, so we've got a chapter on pregnancy and just how to, you know, how we can take care of the body and prepare for the delivery of the baby and also prepare the yoni so that, you know, you can prevent stretch marks and just have an easy delivery. I needed this one. So many stretch marks. Oh, yeah. Everybody that uses what I tell them to, they don't get one. I even had women do do one breast but not the other, which is kind of silly because then they have one breast without stretch marks. (laughs) That makes no sense whatsoever. No, but they wanted to see if it worked. (laughs) Oh, an experiment. Oh, yeah. Why experiment on yourself? Share some of the essential oils that you share here that are best to avoid when pregnant. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of hype out there because a lot of aromatherapy books just kind of copy each other. But when you really go into the research and the science, and we love Tisserand's Essential Oil Safety Data Manual, the oils are very few and they're usually not even sold. You know, so it's not, it's like things like uh, rue or cotton lavender, which is like not even the same as lavender at all, not even the same uh, plant species. So there's a quick chart in there, but not to worry. And then what do you recommend? What is like, what are your one or two top recommendations for pregnancy? I love frankincense because it's so calming and fortifying and centering Mm -hmm. and it's like got a strength to it. And then, you know, combining that with neroli or different things are so good for stretch marks as well. Um, so there's beautiful ones. And then during the birthing process, mm. I, I made lavender with marjoram. Marjoram's a good analgesic, a good muscle relaxant. So I have a recipe in there. It was quite a strong blend, like a 50-50 with a bit of a carrier oil with jojoba. And then Ron, my partner, just massaged that for hours into my back. Wow. Wow. So that was really good. Because I felt, yeah, I was amazed at how much you feel it in your back. Like it's just like tectonic plate shifts as your pelvic is opening up, right? What have you found in terms of what helps 
women that are going through, especially as we're starting to see more and more women want to do it naturally. They don't want to get shots and not feel the experience. What, what do you find helps the most? Well, you know, whatever you need to do to like, you know, it's good to start meditating and really have that daily practice because that will bring you fortitude. Mm. Um, you know, I, for me at the mid, I had a, a midwife and at the mid, you can, you, with a midwife, you can also have a, birth, a hospital birth. But I, to me, I just knew the smell and the sounds of a hospital would already tense me up. Right. Yeah. And it was so funny because she's like, oh, you're so brave to have it at home. And I was like, oh my God, you're so brave to have it at the hospital. <laughs> so, you know, I think you have to know, yeah. you know, wh what's comfortable for you. So that's like a, 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 a good part. So whether at the home or the hospital, then you really want to set up your environment. And, you know, if I know I need a touch and massage, I, that really works for me. So thankfully I have a partner that, but if you don't have that, like get a doula, just really surround yourself with what you need, which is going to be unique to you. All right. Chapter 12, floral consciousness. What is the essence of this chapter? That chapter, we do a dive into, you know, essentially perfumery, but not necessarily, you know, but just about the, the, the sensation of smell and that sensuality and why perfumes were even birthed and, you know, what's our relationship to all these beautiful aromas on the planet. So, and then also like the, the basically the Franken fumes that are being created now with like GMO and a whole bunch of chemicals and just how far we came from perfume, which was, which was about purity and purification. And now we've just sort of got these chemical cocktails that we're spraying on and that are, that are not healthy at all, but a perfume can be your medicine. It's supposed to be. In fact, yeah. our sense of smell is absolutely directly linked to how we feel. Yes. So there's enough science where they did the before and the after and they had someone smell and then they tested them again. And there's enough science to prove that what we smell and how we smell directly impacts if we're feeling calm or angry or energized or lazy or sleepy. And so what a wonderful, easy, simple way to wake yourself up, you know, couple of drops of oil and you can wake yourself up. Or if you're feeling sad, couple of drops and you can just kind of revive yourself. For me personally, you know, back to when I was really sick, um, I was just trying to find ways to get calm because I was just this, in this panic mode all the time. Right. And what worked for me was, I don't know if you've heard of her, her name's Amma. Yes. She, okay. <laughs> Amma's Rose. Yes. Goosebumps just even saying that out loud, but mm -hmm. Amma's Rose was at a new leaf. I was out there. Someone had mentioned to me that, look, one way you can calm down because I wasn't ingesting any pills or anything. So it had to be natural. So one of the things someone said was, try these oils, you know, some people swear by them that they work. So I went to New Leaf in my area and I just kind of walked around and they had some testers and I remember trying it and it's like the world tilted mm. and it was literally a drop. I put it on, I smelt it and till today, that's the only oil I use. I mean, that's my perfume. I don't spray myself with anything, you know, it's just Amma's rose oil beautiful uh, just roses and sandalwood and in her case they she grows them in india and so it's like a thousand roses and sandalwood just pulled together into an oil base when you smell that nadine you can't ever go back you can't <laughs> no it smells 
fake. Yeah, so, and it is. It's just such a, when you can key into those aromas, it's such a celebration of what the earth has to offer. Yes. We have a beautiful perfume called Roses Shining Everywhere. And it's like four types of roses with sandalwood. And I think oh, I'm going to have it. to try that. <laughs> Done. I'll send you uh, some. I, I would love to. I've, who knew it at my age, I've suddenly fallen in love with the smell of roses. And <laughs> there is, it's so sensual and so beautiful. <laughs> it is. It is. So um, you talk about perfumes. How about someone wanting to just make perfume at home? Is that something that's easy to do? Or talk a little bit about yeah. how do you make them? Well, really, it's just, it's just I, I, I talk about this in the book. It's in the next chapter. And I talk about how to blend. Because for me, I actually have synesthesia, which is a, when you combine senses with another thing. So for a musician, they may see shapes and then create the music. Or, or they, so, but I see color. And that's how I formulate. It's kind of like painting. Like I could almost not smell it. Like, you know what I mean? Like I don't need to smell to have it all pieced together. So I tap into that. That's, you know, that's more for the design of it, but I really talk about how to blend. And then there's another chapter where um, we have recipes for perfumes and, and everything like that. That's in the renegade beauty recipe section. Now that sounds incredible. So aphrodisiac in your armpit, what's that all about? <laughs> That's all about, uh, so that area where we can also kind of apply perfume and smells, which is our armpits, mm -hmm. which have been, you know, a bit tormented with the uh, right guard and <laughs> secret. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so we want to like, there is a whole aphrodisiac in our armpit and we want to enhance those pheromones and the smells and bring them out. And so we can make that, quote unquote, body odor, actually a beautiful thing. And we can make it smell good when we're not trying to mask it up with chemicals. So that's what that section's about. That makes sense. All right. Chapter 13, aromatic alchemy for the modernity. What is that all about? So that's about, you know, take, so we go from the perfumes and then we're having our floral consciousness and then we're understanding what's the modern use of this of the ancient use of sort of perfuming and engaging with aromas. So we go into studies that show how different essential oils and aromas help to help things with like anxiety and those kind of things. And it's about how to engage with the essences in sort of a modern way. So whether it's through diffusion or bathing, um, you know, it's just incorporating them into your life more. Yeah, you share seven methods for inhaling essential oils. Share a couple of, couple of those. Well, one, you can just smell right from the bottle, or you can put a drop in your hand, rub them together, and just palm it. But you can do that. You know, or if you're meditating or doing a yoga practice, just put it right under your nose and, and allow that breathing in. You just put frankincense right under your nostrils and really upgrade your yoga. Mm. All right, the next chapter, the renegade beauty realms. What are those? You, you've got four listed. Yeah, so we, I've, because uh, I want to undo like skin type hype because it was actually just created. Um, see, the, it's like we don't really have skin types because those are just symptoms of a microbiome imbalance. So we want to go to the deeper the deeper issues with the skin and then work how we can balance it so that, you know, in a year you don't have a skin type. You're not like always, I've got oily in the T-zone. So we can kind of let go of that story 
and and then I've got a chart as well so you can kind of see and follow the symptoms in your body like if there's eczema we now know that then there's been a drop in microbial diversity in that area or you know is it a type of acne that's also related to like a thrush or a candida and so we go into the renegade beauty realms to understand you know what our skin needs and how we can simply take care of it beautiful Beautiful. The next chapter is the Renegade Beauty Secrets. Oh, we get to the good yeah. <laughs> Everybody wants to know beauty secrets. I mean, you're for sure gorgeous. What, what are the beauty secrets that we know? Well, you know, we've talked about a lot of them through the book. And then this chapter just kind of like hones it in a bit more. And we understand like sort of how a classic or not a classic, I guess the modern beauty product is created with uh, polymers and surfactants. And then we kind of take that model and go, here's all we need on this other level where we just really need water, a kind of lubricant, an oil, we need the seeds, and then we need the medicine that will help to activate or take care of something like melasma or acne. And so we go into those beauty secrets. That's what that chapter is all about. I'm enjoying, I really enjoyed reading about your favorite uh, camellia oil and rosehip and sandalwood. Is there yes. a specific reason why you picked these three? Well, actually, there's a whole bunch listed in there, but those are some of my favorite oils. So that I go into, I think there's over about 60 botanicals that I do like more breakdowns for. And then we can see like what botanicals suit what, what beauty realms. So if you have, you know, uh, rosacea, you go down this path. And if you've got eczema or acne, you're going to go over down that, that path. And so within the, in the oils like rosehip or camilla or jojoba or sandalwood, like what's best for the type of skin you have. So we go into that, also show some of the studies that may have been done on helping it with wrinkles or hyperpigmentation. So I love that. I love this part of the book because you specifically go into kind of problem, solution, problem, solution, because we have different problems. And also what I feel is, that's why I feel like this book is such a great keeper because in your life, you go through different problems at different stages. Yeah, and for sure. Right? So to be able to refer back and say, all right, I'm having this. Let me go back and see what was the recommendation for this stage. And essential oils are finally getting the attention that they deserve. There's been a lot of media attention with it. So that was just mm -hmm. a very interesting chapter for me to read. Uh, the next chapter, chapter 16, is Renegade Beauty Recipes. And you talk a lot about some wonderful recipes. Share just one with our audience. Um, well, we, we've got one in there for mascara. And that's with working with activated charcoal and um, jojoba and some essential oils. And I believe a little bit of seaweed. I don't have the recipe right on top of my head, but like, for, so from there to even like a, a nose balm to help if you've got polyps. I mean, like, so I love to go from, you know, the pretty to like really practical or uh, there's toothpaste recipes in there. There's simple, you know, oils for acne, for fungus. Um, it's all in there from, you know, even perfumes. So we've got like the things to help work with symptoms and then the things to sort of celebrate beauty like a mascara. So it's all in there. Mascara is a good one because Nadine, apparently we spend $3,000 a year just on mascara. Who knew? Wow. I go through about a tube a year. <laughs> it's like... I stopped using. I got to the point where I was like, this is just not worth it. Nice. Um, I know how I look, like deal with it. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I think there was a time when I didn't want my husband to see me without makeup. 
Mm. Um, and you know, like right when you're dating or yeah. just when you're married, it's like, I got to wake up first and, you know, just clean myself up a little bit. And then you get over that. <laughs> and, um, and then you slowly, I think you get to the stage where it's like, do I, why do I need mascara? Why do I need eyeshadow? Like, why do I need to look something I'm not? Cause I'm, that's not who I am. Like, this is who I am. So I, you know, what you're seeing is basically, it's like a tinted moisturizer and, and an eyeliner and a lip gloss, like that's it. Like I just, I'm at that stage now. And you know, it's so liberating. It's so liberating to just have like three products in your beauty bag. Yeah, and keep it simple. One thing I really love, and again, like, you know, wear whatever makeup you wish. I mean, hopefully be non-toxic, but what I love getting, we get emails from people that are just like, oh my God, I feel like I don't, my skin tone is now even and you know, whatever has been cleared up for them. And they are like, I feel like I can leave the house without makeup on, which is so great. So you feel like you have a choice. You're like, now I'm going to do makeup for fun and not like, oh my God, I can't walk out of my house without it on. Exactly. Makeup instead of hiding who you are. Yeah. It's now really just like you said, having fun and just showcasing the best of you. Yeah. And it makes such a difference. Um, the last chapter we're going to talk about in this book masterclass is Renegade Beauty Solutions. And again, again, love this chapter because you go into such great specifics for very specific issues. Talk a little bit about your favorite solutions that you'd like everybody else to be aware of. Well, yeah, I really want to make a comprehensive because I really like I have had thousands and thousands of women ask me questions for for decades. And so I really feel like, you know, I know what issues are prevalent for people at this day and age. And I know what people are feeling afraid about or insecure about or just feeling like, oh, this symptom's so stubborn. So, you know, from classic things like acne, and then I go like thyroid, um, yoni care, um, eye, eye health, diet, weight, like all those little keywords, we re I really go into it. And I'm yeah. trying to think of like a favorite, but it's right. just... How about like, I, you know, uh, there's something around dark circles under the eyes. Yeah. Women my age have a lot of that. Yeah. And that's, that's a, yeah, a lot of people ask us about that. So first of all, you know, just like there's, so I just give tips so it can lead to further reading or further things. So I'll give a little bit of an overview and then say like, maybe you need to look at like these nutrients or these superfoods and then maybe read these, those, these books. So also know that's usually connected to the kidney area. So the kidneys could be overworking and over processing toxins is one of the things. And um, also just bringing circulation to that area. We make a beautiful eye serum called Open Sky Eye Serum. It's, it's chock full of anti-inflammatory botanicals. And people find that that helps to really clear that up because it's bringing circulation back to the area. It could also be an intolerance to chlorine. So that's another good reason to get a shower filter. So some things you know you may be really stuck on and there could be really easy solutions when you're just like, oh, I'll reach for this plant or this botanical. Huge 450 page <laughs> gorgeous book i'm not exaggerating of all the books that i've read and interviewed so many different doctors um i i just love the illustrations the flowers it's it's such a comprehensive book that you've written that truly unites and integrates not just the west but the east and the beauty of the forest and the flowers and nature thank you so much nadine for writing this book um, one last question, which is, if you had to give 
one piece of advice to someone who's listening and who's thinking, how can I get more beautiful? What would that be? Do something extra to engage with the outside world. Um, so maybe you can catch the sun at sunrise or sunset. Take it in. Talk to the sun. Thank it. Get all your wishes out. But really find ways to engage with the outside world. I love that. I love that. And the beauty is already within you'll just start to recognize it. Thank you so mm -hmm. much again. And for the rest of you, if you loved this episode, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes. We just launched, and I'm so excited that we're starting to see some great, great reviews coming in already. So um, thank you so much in advance. If you do loved it, please do give us a five-star rating. Share with your loved ones. Share with your mother and your daughter and your sister and your girlfriend. It's a phenomenal book. In the show notes, will be the link to buying the book. And I wish you the most amazing, amazing day. And remember, you're already beautiful. You're gorgeous. So stay smiling and I'll see you soon. Thank you again, Nadine. Thank you. That's a wrap. Share your love with a five-star review and get show notes at healthbootcamps.com. Connect with us on Health Bootcamps Facebook and Twitter. Also, don't forget to check out other great interviews and subscribe to the Get Healthier podcast today.